0: Thank you. What's up, everybody? It's the Bebo Boys back in town off a great weekend for the Texas Longhorns football team. They take down West Virginia 17-13 at home at DKR Memorial Stadium. I'm Joe Scanlon, back along with my partner Creighton Branch. And uh, today we're going to be talking about recapping the West Virginia game, going into the bye week, what needs to be fixed, what needs to be mended for this team. So we're going to talk about who needs to be mended for this team because, my God, Creighton, so many injuries. And then we're going to have a special new segment called Blast from the Past, where we recap a, a historical moment in Texas football history. we got a good one for y'all today on that. Followed up with our ending, and this is going to be fun, Creighton, our Big 12, where is everyone at right now? and Creighton you know we have both been talking about you know who needs to win who needs to lose how does Texas get to the big 12 who are they playing so this is going to be this is going to shape up to be a very very good episode there's a lot of numbers to crunch in that one so let's get started we played West Virginia the Mountaineers came to DKR left with their tail between their legs as they lose 17 to 13 Creighton what do you, what did you see from the Longhorns this week that we might have seen from previous weeks, or maybe something better, something worse? Uh, what were what was your thoughts on the game?
1: You know, this was a this was a weird game. I have to say that watching this game, um, and I went back over on Sunday and rewatched some of it uh, just to see what like if I got the right feel of what the game actually was, and it was what I thought it was. It was just an odd game. I mean, this Texas team came out. And uh, what I think was the best uh, first drive they've had all year long uh, with that touchdown pass to Brennan Eagles at the end of that drive led seven to nothing. And then obviously West Virginia comes back and then we scored the field goal to make it ten seven. and then they make it 10-10 and then we score one more time. And little do you know, right after it's 17 to 10. I mean, this team comes back and is 17 to 13. And at one point at the end of the game, they had a chance to possibly win it. Um, good job by the defense for not allowing that, but it was odd because you wanted to say that this team, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's like if they played better than they have. Um, I think they played really good the first half, but God, that second half, it was almost like you were just waiting for them to get back into their old rhythm, which they eventually did. And that was in the fourth quarter. And that was the reason I think West Virginia ended up almost having a shot to win this game. And, I give I give them credit though I, I give Texas credit I think their defense is looking much better I mean we, we've come honestly we've come a long way Joe from allowing over 50 points to now just 13. I mean if you look at the scores the past two or three weeks it's obvious this this defensive side now they're not as, they're not that great but they're getting much better and the offensive side uh, had some great flashes that I think they can really build upon uh, going into the next couple of games. But it was just the same situation about getting just really conservative at the end. And that that really bothered me still. I mean, this team is nowhere near just having a sure win every week. And I think that's what we're waiting for. And when we know Texas is really at the top of the mountain is when they can handle teams easily. We haven't seen that in a long time. I mean, think about the old school days when they were beating teams by 66. I mean, you know, it doesn't happen anymore. So it times yeah, yeah, exactly. So until this team <laughs> does that, Joe, I don't think... We should take any game for granted. I don't think this team is taking any game for granted. But there's still a lot of improvement. But good win overall. Yeah,
0: I I, I, I don't know if I'd call it a good win because I will say this. The defense did step up for the second week in a row. Now granted, Creighton, mm-hmm. granted, they let a man named Daigie, Jared <laughs> Daigie, go 35 for 50 for 317 yards. No touchdowns, though. So, this was really the epitome of Ben don't break. Defense. I
1: told you it was going to be the Daggy game. I told you.
0: <laughs> and, and there were two big stops in the red zone for Texas that, you know, prevented them from scoring a touchdown, which would have probably given West Virginia the win. Um, But, you know, we, t- we talked about the defense. Jawan Mitchell stepped up. He had nine tackles. Demarion Overshawn had eight tackles and one sack. He was big today where we saw Joseph Osai come up big last week, this week some new players came in. And so that's something positive to take from this game is that maybe more of the defense is going to step up. There's still the three stooges out there. And they'll still be there. And it's going to be bad. But as long as the linebackers and defensive line can get pressure on the quarterback like they did yesterday, or not yesterday, Saturday, I think the defense is going to be okay. My problem now here is with the offense. And that's because Sam Ellinger is definitely either hurting or hurt or something's wrong because that man cannot throw a deep ball to save his life. You hold a gun to his head and say, hey, throw it for 35 yards to uh, Tariq Black, he's going to either underthrow him or overthrow him nine times out of ten. I guarantee it. And we, we were watching the game together, and you said it's his arm. There's got to be something wrong with his arm. And I'm, I, I agree with you. And, of course, they're not going to say anything because that's just how Sam is. He's not going to say anything. And even if they knew, Tom's not going to say anything. He's not going to give someone the benefit, you know, oh, hey, Sam's hurt, guys. You know, let's get after him. Because, to be honest, Tom sends him into the fire anyways with those designed QB runs. Yes. So, um So, but 50 for 31 for 184 yards and two touchdowns. It's not bad, but it's not good. The, the biggest thing with this offense that I saw that was great and what they need to do, moving into next week, and I'll let you touch on this as well, Creighton, is that the run game, let Bijan cook. Let that man cook. Twelve carries for 134 yards. What did you think about the run game?
1: Impressive. Um incredibly impressive. And I think it proved not just to fans, but to the coaching staff that this three headed monster that or I don't know if it's a monster, but this just this three uh quarter running back system, sorry that we've been using this this entire season is just not going to work especially when you have somebody as talented as a Bijan Robinson and you're starting to see why this kid was at the end of the year coming into Texas uh, the top ranked running back over Zach Evans who was a stout running back, all high school, all his high school career, and has been been that number one running back that entire class until the very end. And honestly, I watched that TCU game. I watched the last week when they played. I think Robinson is a much better runner than Evans is at this point. And I think it was a great get by Texas, a blessing in disguise. Honestly, that Evans decided not to come to Texas, and Robinson did. Uh, there's just something about that guy, and you saw it the minute he got out there uh, with that power drive he had for what was it? I mean, almost what 20 yards when he was running in, he got the, you know, he locked I mean, stiff arm and everything. It was pretty incredible to see. And he just moves so swift and not only does he move swift. I mean, he is honestly, I think, I think people undermine his, his power and how hard like it is to take him down. I don't think it's as easy as people think he's a little guy, but I don't think it's as easy to take him down as it looks. So I thought that was really impressive. And it was nice to see, um, That's the first time in probably, honestly, a year or more that we've seen one running back you know, take over the game. Usually it's just flipping them in and out, flipping them in and out. Uh, Keontae will have 40 yards here. Roshon Johnson will have 20 yards here. It's just trying to do whatever you can do to get by. But it was evident on Saturday that there was an RB1 and he was the John Robinson and he was going to run that ball and get the snaps. And there was a lot of times that that team lined up knowing it was going to happen and they couldn't get them down. So I think it's a great coming out party for uh, him, and I'm glad that you finally, I, I totally forgot to say it at the very beginning, so I'm glad you mentioned it about uh, Bijan, and I think that this is just, I, I, I can't see how this team can go back to saying, even when Conte gets healthy again, saying, okay, we're going to run three different guys. I don't see how you can do that when it looks so evident that it's so successful in how you can just run one running back who is a five-star, who is probably, honestly, your best runner. So I just, I don't think it's a wise move and who knows if they'll do it? Kudos to them if they don't. But I don't think it's a wise move to go back to a three running back system.
0: I I 100% agree, Creighton. I don't know why they cons- insist on doing this platoon system when Keontae's is not that great. Roshan's not even really a running back. They had to convert him, and then you have you have Bijan Robinson, who this was his coming out game. This this should settle any doubt. And if Tom's smart, face palm. Uh, <laughs> He's uh, he's gonna use Bijan primarily and maybe uh, switch it up with Roshan, uh, change of pace back. But um, but we'll have to just wait and see how that plays out over the next few weeks. So so to end this little recap, West Virginia is now three and three in conference, four and three overall. Texas right above them in the standings, four and two, five and two overall. And uh, right now we're tied in conference with Kansas State, who we have yet to play. Oklahoma, who of course we lost to in four overtimes. And uh, we sit behind Oklahoma State and Iowa State at the top of the Big 12. We'll get into that later. Let's move into the bye week. There's no way we can lose this week, Creighton. And honestly, maybe our weekend will be a little less stressful. Because not only do the Longhorns have a bye, the Cowboys have a bye. So... This might be a great weekend, Creighton. I don't gotta stress about the about the Longhorns blowing an easy game. Looking at UTCU, uh, so for the bye week, one thing that I think needs to be fixed, or at least um, at least uh, looked at, is the offensive play calling. It I have preached this for the whole year. Mike Yersich is too predictable. He Is too predictable. It is a screen. It's a run on first down. It's the other one on second down. Now you got a third and long, so you got to throw it deep. So it's it's. What do you think, Creighton? I think the offensive play calling is complete shit, in my opinion. But um, what do you think?
1: I think it's. I think um, a good way to put it is it's elementary for the college level. I think it's one of the. I think. I don't think it's a good I don't think it's a good thing when you can watch tape from a like a team can watch tape on your offense and then they get out there on Saturday and it's exactly what they watched I, you know what I'm saying like yeah I think I think that um, the fact that it is that predictable is uh not a good thing and honestly, The only, and back to Robinson, the only thing that can honestly make this offense look really good is when you have your running back running for over 100 yards, it really opens things up because beforehand, when these guys are running 80 yards total together, all three of them, you don't have to, that that defense does not have to respect that running game. And you know, it. you predicted as well, you can tell exactly what they're going to do in the passing game. It's not hard. And so until they start, I don't, I don't, I'm not always in favor of more complex systems, but I do believe it's got to be more complex than what they're doing right now. And, um, well, we're not, we're yeah. not
0: saying go to the air raid. Of course not. I mean, we're not, we're not saying go to the air well, raid. We're not even saying, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like maybe something like Lincoln Riley's, like Lincoln Riley, his system is incredible.
1: No. And you not would def- you agree? Yeah, no, I agree. You, and you especially you can't go to the air raid when Sam is having as big as issues as he is with his arm, you know, but no, I don't think, honestly, I don't even think you can go to the air raid because our players can't get open. So, uh, but I do believe that there's a, they don't, I don't know where this didn't, where this stopped happening, but they don't play. And it might be because they haven't been able to really establish a one game. They don't play hurry up offense all that well. They don't play hurry up offense all that well. And I think that's partially because they're not able to, uh, get a defense to respect, uh, both sides, I mean, both uh, aspects of the of the offensive game inside running and also uh, catching. And so I think uh, that's got to happen more. I think you need to pressure teams, get them on their heels. I think, honestly, that might win you the game against TCU if you're doing more of that. Um, now there's a lot of things you had to fix in that game, but that's just one of them. And so uh, I, I believe that this offensive play calling can get better. Uh, it's got to get better because... I think that when when you get into later, like, OK, the last game of the last game of the year and then you get into the bowl game, I, I believe at that point, if you don't have something different, uh, it, it's going to be very hard to move the ball. and We've seen that from time to time in this season. Uh, and the only times that it hasn't happened, either you're winning by just a few points or, you know, someone like B. John Robinson's having a breakout game and so yeah i don't know if this is i don't think this game has anything to do and i I think i said that last week too i think you said it too i don't think these games that they're winning have anything to do with how well the coaches are coaching i think it has everything to do with just the players are stepping up and really having like games of their lives over the past few weeks
0: yep yep yeah no i i 100 agree and um i tweeted it out uh during the west virginia game because they were you know winning and i said uh Tom Herman's really going to keep his job, isn't he? Because my problem here with this is, you're right, the coaching is not great at all. The players are just stepping up and finding a way to win. And so, that makes a coach look good. But any true Longhorn fan that has followed this team since they were born, especially ones who've been alive the last 25 years, have seen where we've come from, where we've gone to, and they can tell what's wrong with this team. And that's the coaches. They can tell that. These fans that are, you know, fair weather. They jump on the bandwagon whenever we're quote-unquote back. Um, they, they, uh, they, they see a win and say, oh, Herman's doing a great job. But you look at the recruiting. You look at, you know, the locker room. You look at just the way he's managed these players. The way he's developed these players. And you could just tell he's not good. It's not good. So the more they win, yeah, and maybe it looks like Herman's doing a good job, but if you really dive in deep and get into the nitty gritty, it's not him. It's the players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's those guys coming together and, um, uh, having each like <laughs> Joseph Osai last week, Robinson this week. I mean, it's just up performances. I also think that a, uh, a big aspect of this uh, bye week um, going towards injuries. Just just a few of the players that are out. Uh, Keandre Coburn uh, is a massive, depending on what's happening there, a massive uh, injury for Texas. I mean, we both said it on, and this kid's looked this way since high school. But we both said this when he was walking off the uh, the field. That's a big boy, and he is. Oh, yeah. He is a big kid and he is a really really stout defensive player and i know he does he doesn't always make like flashy plays but that kid is very hard to handle in the middle of that defensive line and so i think that is a a major uh issue point to look at and then also uh rye torn acl i mean so now cameron is gonna have to take on the workload there um you know, I don't think we fully appreciated the punter situation until Mike, Michael Dixon got there and left. You know, we understand <laughs> – you know, you understand, like, how much a punter – I mean, by God, I mean, Michael Dixon won a freaking MVP uh, in, a that bowl bowl, in that bowl game. Yeah. So that's how powerful it can be. And so um, was Ryan Bucheski the best punter in the world? Absolutely not. But I've never seen Cameron Dicker kick – I mean, punt a ball that much. So I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. So I think that is a – uh interesting development um especially when you think about how many high snaps we've had uh bucheski has saved a lot of those and brought them down for cameron dicker who is he's the placeholder for cameron's field goals so uh i hope that doesn't result in um like field goal misses but that's going to be i think that is uh, something that's under the radar more than it should be i mean we don't talk about the kicking game a lot, but by God, this team definitely needs the kicking game to work because they win Whoa. and lose games by the matter of three or less, three points or less most of the time. Well, and the special teams was already shaky to begin yes. with, and uh, so
0: now if I'm if I'm the special teams coordinator, um, I'm out there this week for the bye week and next week, and I am grabbing. Hey, did you punt in high school? Did you punt in high school? Did you punt in high school? Like, get out to kick it. Show me, yeah. If we can make it, if we can make it work, watermelon kick it. Do what uh, uh, Johnny Hecker does. Yeah, it's not gonna go as far, but it'll you'll get the bounces. You'll maybe they muff it, you know. So, but you cannot have your kicker punting the ball. That's insane. That's madness. You cannot have that at all. As for holding, same thing. Did you hold in high school? Did you hold? You were a backup quarterback. Did you hold in high school? Because. You can't have Sam out there holding it, so you gotta find another replacement. You gotta get them up to speed. So this bye week is huge for that reason. Um, and then as for other, as for other injury, we'll get into more about you know people getting hurt because really there have been some major injuries, but a lot of it's just guys getting hurt out for one or two or three weeks and then they're back and then they get hurt again and it's it's a constant carousel. But um, we'll get into that in another segment. Right now I want to talk about something else they need to do during the bye week, and that's keeping the focus on discipline. I don't know if you saw last this game against West Virginia. They only had four penalties for 45 yards. If you remember the TCU game and the Oklahoma game and even the, uh, the Baylor game, Oklahoma State was pretty bad too, but not as bad as those games. This team had so many penalties, so many stupid penalties. Looking at you, Kirkstetter.
1: And, uh... They they seem to have maybe fixed a little bit of that Creighton. And that was a a big deal was the fact that when you're looking at at Tom Herman, you're looking at him and saying, "Yo, these aren't like holding penalties. Kirkstetter is going off on the sideline and pushing people. So what are you teaching these kids? I mean, obviously he's not teaching them to go push people on the sideline, but you're not teaching them discipline, not, <laughs> you know, not to. And right. so. You're just you're looking at that, and the fact that that T, that TCU game was almost rock bottom in terms of penalties. I haven't seen that in a while, and they, that almost broke the record. That almost
0: broke the record ex- for I think exactly. either most of the Big Twelve, exactly, most of the Big
1: Twelve, or even, it might have been all of college football. It was it was getting up there, and so I I, I look at it, and I say, well, okay, they they're consistently going down, so somebody's learning, and honestly. This is this has been Tom's thing the past few years is that these games we lose or win is basically determined on, you know, the bad penalties we've had. And so I agree with you, Joe, Um, the the discipline has to keep going, because here's the thing. Here's the thing about the rest of the season. You when we came into the season, we did not know that we didn't know if Iowa State was going to be for real. We didn't know if Kansas State was going to be a tough out. Here's the deal now. It is. It's going to be tough. So you're going to have to wait. Also, we didn't know that we were going to be in a situation where if you lose again, you're not going to be in the Big 12 championship game. So there's honestly no room for error anymore. So this team has to keep those penalties down. And I do believe that they can because if you can do it once, that proves to me that you're disciplined enough to do it again, right? And I think that um, guys like Kersetter and everybody um, just – just play. You just got to play smarter, man. You just got to play smarter. I get that you're playing with passion, but there's there's always a line. There's always a line that you can stop, and you're not going to cost your team anything. And it is just, I think not only that, but it helps this offense be able just to run more efficiently, whether it's the offense or the defense, just be able to get into a rhythm that they're not always able to because they're getting started and stop, start, stop, start, stop because of penalties. Um, I think that is something that Tom Herman should, you're right, preach about this off uh, this bye week basically look at the tape and say yo look we didn't we barely committed any any penalties and honestly you could say west virginia created some that probably cost them the game and i think that that's a big deal that you were finally the team that didn't make the mental errors to lose
0: yeah yeah i agree creighton and it's just something we're gonna have to you know just say you we say that it's been going down every week and now they're gonna get like 15 against kansas right (laughs) watch just watch but um but, uh, yeah, it, this, this bye week is crucial, especially because this is the last one, I'm pretty sure, before the end of the season, correct? Mm-hmm. So this is where you need to fix everything. You need to get healthy. You need to hopefully stay healthy. Jordan Whittington, please come back and stay please. healthy. God, that poor I guy, feel I'm
1: just... I feel so bad for him.
0: I am seeing Jonathan Gray Part 2 written all over him, and it hurts.
1: Yeah, and the problem And hurts. the problem is, is, unlike Jonathan Gray who I when you when he got on the when he got on the field he was eh, you know he was okay when Jordan Winton gets on the field it's evident that that kid is a stud and so I feel re- yeah. I feel really bad for him and I think that now the good news is if he wants to take this year as an extra year and have it not count he can if that's really what he wants to do it honestly won't Well might, it, it, it it doesn't it doesn't count anyways because of yeah, covid You're right so like oh so, yeah you're right it doesn't count at all so if he wants to like if he wants to basically erase this year, he can. There's a lot of football left, like Tom said, for that guy. And I do believe that one day he'll find himself in the NFL because every level, high school and now college, he is, he's outperforming everybody. And when he gets on that field, you can tell that he is a bona fide number one receiver. And so I would like to uh, – I think that if you could just get him back – gosh, if you could just get him back for the Iowa State game – or the Kansas state game. I mean, that is just one more weapon that this team has. And honestly, when he's on the field, you look at this, you look at this roster and you're like, okay, Josh Moore, Jake Smith, Jordan Whittington. Like that is ridiculous amount of talent. And I, I I just, I feel bad for the guy. And I mean, we, we've seen it time and time out and I don't know why it's gotta be him, but he's still, Tom was right. The dude's still got a lot of football left. This is nowhere near the end of his career. He still has a bright future. Um, if he can stay healthy for the next few years, he's going to probably be in the NFL at some point. So I, I wish nothing for the best. And he's my favorite player on this team coming into yep. it as a freshman. I mean, I – Gobblers. Yes. I, I love I love Cuero. I saw him do – break all those records in the, in the uh, state final that year. Uh, just coming in. And he proved me – I mean, he proved me right. He didn't let me down. I mean, he was as good as advertised as a freshman. And it's just an unfortunate break for him. You
0: know who I hope doesn't have a lot of football left at Texas? (laughs) Who's Tom Herman. Oh, no. no. Because Jordan Whittington might not be an NFL talent if Tom Herman is still the coach. And we all know his track record for development. That's true. Jordan Whittington might be able to force to will his way into the NFL. But he could be a first-round draft pick with proper development. And I don't think he's going to get that with Tom Herman. That's just my two cents on that. Creighton, why don't you take us back to the good old days? To the days where we were beating good opponents and the days we were undefeated
1: and the days that we did play for national championships in our blast of the past segment. Oh, yes, Joe. Take that time machine back to when days were easier for every Longhorn fan out there. When we we thought losing a game, a single game, was a tragedy. When we thought not (laughs) going to the national championship was a tragedy. When even going to a... A, a new year. Well, I'm just gonna call it for the sake of what they are now. A New Year's the Six Al Bowl. the Alamo Bowl wasn't enough. No, the Alamo wasn't enough, and what they call now New Year Six bowls wasn't was was a trap. I mean, I can you remember that year we went to the Fiesta Bowl and we were just like, dang, that we shouldn't yeah. be here. We should yeah. not be here. It was so frustrating, and now you know we look at it and we're at the we're at the Sugar Bowl two years ago. We're like, oh, we're happy to be here. You know, it's like, we're just so glad. <laughs> So, yeah, let's, oh my God. let's take this one back, Joe. We wanted to start this segment off with a bang. Um, usually every week we're going to try to do these with the team that's coming up because just like the Longhorn, I mean, this is just who they are. They have a great moment against every team they've played. But since we're in a bye week, I thought we should just take this back, start off with a big one, and that one is the 2008 Red River rivalry shootout showdown whatever you want to call it these days whatever fox decides to call it but anyways the longhorns were the fifth ranked uh in the nation they're fifth ranked in the nation oklahoma was number one i mean i can't can't remember a, a time in recent memory at least where both of these teams have been in the top five for this game um they've been pretty close over time but this was and especially with the given talent that they had. I mean, think about it: Colt McCoy, Sam Bradford, Quan Cosby. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, Shipley, just so many players all over the field. And at this point, they so UT came back and won this game. They were down twenty-one to ten at half. Joe twenty-one to ten came back and won this game forty-five to thirty-five. And anyways, and so. Uh, the thing is, is that this was the highest scoring game before this year, after that, and I don't want to call it a debacle, but the four overtime, could you call it an epic? Would you call it an epic game? Uh,
0: Yeah, I'd call it an epic game, considering, and this is how messed up the BCS National Championship uh, was back then. Oklahoma, this was the year they went to the championship game. With yes. one loss, and that was to us, and you know, they got their butts kicked by Florida. Thank you, Tim Tebow. Um, so this game was incredible. Uh Colt McCoy, of course, did Colt McCoy things. Twenty-eight for thirty-five, two hundred and seventy seven yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. I mean, he he basically he had the same rating as Sam Bradford, but Sam, Sam Bradford had five touchdowns and two interceptions. It was Cody Johnson. Remember remember oh. that name? Oh Cody.
1: Johnson. You knew, you knew when Cody Johnson was at the goal line that there was no way you weren't going to get the touchdown there. You were always going to get six with Cody Big Joy Joy Johnson. So I mean, oh, it's incredible. That guy. Oh, I mean, we don't we don't have any players like that anymore. Before we continue, 21-20 at half. My bad. I'm sorry. I read the wrong number, but no, Cody Johnson was was a monster, man. A monster. 3 he had 3 carries for 4 yards and 3 touchdowns. He was the goal line. He was the fridge, except not as large. He, he um, was the 18-wheeler package, Joe, before there was an 18-wheeler package, by far. Uh,
0: that, that invokes other memories that I don't <laughs> want to go into right now. Uh, so, <laughs> but if, if you'll remember, I mean, Sam Bradford won the Heisman. I, mean, I think this was this was the year he won the Heisman. And, and Texas just you know outplayed them in the second half. That, that's just how it went. And you know, credit the defense stepping up in the second half, only giving up fourteen points when they gave up twenty-one in the first half. And uh, that was, uh, I believe, that was um, oh Will Muschamp's first year, was it not? Yeah, was I he with the so. team?
1: I believe so. And, so and Will
0: Muschamp before he became mediocre, yeah,
1: it was it was new coordinator Will Muschamp's defense. <laughs> and get these stats: Quan Cosby nine receptions, one hundred and twenty-two yards, thirteen point six average and Jordan and he Shipley, murdered a man yeah
0: he, the, he murdered a man right <laughs> yes
1: yeah, absolutely and Jordan Shipley <laughs> 11 receptions for 112 yards 10.2 average one touchdown I mean and and the running he, when he ran back the uh the kick I mean come on I mean oh that,
0: I, I, that wasn't this year I oh you're think. right you're right you're right yeah, you're right You're not right. this year you're but right. I think this was the year Quan Cosby murdered a man yes, on, yes, uh, yes. on a touchdown I'm you're pretty correct. sure I get I get this one and 2009 confused sometimes. Yes, because 2009 is the one where Sam Bradford got hurt. We got hurt. And yeah. and and I guess maybe there was karma involved for that championship game later that year. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, um, we won't talk about that. But uh, I mean, Earl Thomas had two interceptions in this game.
1: I mean, come on. So, I mean, dude. And you Earl know, Thomas III, baby. These guys will tell you, and they've said it all over interviews and whatnot, they believe that this this team that year was more talented than the BCS team by far. Exactly. And, I mean, honestly, I, I think they have a great agree. point. I mean, these guys were uh, loaded everywhere. I don't think there was a single weakness on this team, Joe.
0: Oh, no, there, there wasn't. And this is the team that should have won – uh, the national championship, they would have beaten Florida. I'm pretty, or at least given them a tougher fight than OU did, yeah. except for one thing, and that thing is named Michael Crabtree. Actually, that thing's named Blake Gideon, not catching an easy ass oh, interception. No, Blake
1: Gideon, where it all started. God damn it! We're all Ball's
0: flo- Ball is floating in the air, and he lets it go through his hands. I, I could have caught that, Creighton. <laughs> play center field Blake god dang it uh oh, yeah, but but this game incredible sent OU on a little bit of a tailspin they were able to write the ship of course went out and go to the BCS championship and lose but um yeah this was a great game and oh, remember because we lost to tech tech beat OU yes i think
1: yes that's
0: what happened it OU be, had two losses and it was a
1: three-way tie situation and they took OU off of some bogus BCS computer thing
0: it was, yeah, style points or some yeah, bullshit. So, so I mean
1: this team held DeMarco Murray to six yards. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I mean come,
0: well now Demarco Murray I mean was he really that good? I mean come in, in on. In college he was come on but, now. but I mean in the NFL, Murray,
1: No, but DeMarco Murray was very talented in, in college. Come on now. He Regardless was, yeah, you know, it was, he wasn't a Marcus Dupree though. I mean come no, on. I mean, no, you, no, you're absolutely right. He wasn't. He he wasn't that good, but I mean this kid was being talked about um throughout the ranks of college football. But I mean, golly, I, I it doesn't get much better than I mean, 28 for 35, 277, 302 yards overall, like you said, a 90 QBR. I mean, and Sam Bradford doing the same thing, a 90 QBR as well. I mean, with talk, two
0: interceptions, I mean, with two interceptions, two interceptions, 387 yards, dude. I mean, the, this was the good old days, this was the shootouts that I miss so dearly, but nowadays. These quarterbacks aren't as good. At the, I swear to God, I swear to God. Even, even, I mean, Baker and Kyler, I'd say, would be the closest I've seen yeah. compared to the quarterbacks of years past.
1: But we've, and you know, even with Sam, how good Sam is, we've never had a quarterback that can basically go mano a mano. Well, I mean, that's not fair to Sam. He has, but I'm talking about in terms of, you know throwing it yeah exactly and so i, I mean, we have not had we have not had a gunslinger since colt mccoy no absolutely not and uh even when sam is healthy i don't even think he's that guy right but i mean no. we got a lot we think we have a lot of guys on the bench that can do that when he leaves but man i mean they don't they just don't make him like this game anymore when you're i mean like because think about it every year for that like that first the 2000 to 2010 or really you could even say like 2000 and uh, 5 to 2010 I mean every year you knew Texas OU Was going to be like a top ranked Matchup and the best players In the nation were coming to Dallas To face off and you just don't get that Anymore right now I mean either one yep. team Is really good the other's bad both are mediocre sometimes. I mean, it's just it's it's different. It's and I don't know if it's because they changed the name, Joe. Maybe it's because they changed the name. But I maybe mean, it's good. it's no more no
0: more shootout. Well, this year was a shootout because of a uh, four overtimes, but <laughs> it wasn't heading that way for sure. Yeah. I mean, um. So. And you don't. Well, 2018 was 48-45. Yeah,
1: so it I mean, it, it's every it's every so often, but it's not every year like it has been. Yeah, I know it definitely isn't. You just don't get. it. You just don't see the star power like you used to. Um, it, and I, but I will say that with this rivalry, they always say it's the most unique rivalry in, in sports or in college football, that is. And it really is because there are so many things that happen in these games, even dating back to this 2008 game. I mean, there are so many things that happen in this rivalry game um, that you just never expect. You can throw rankings out the window and it never it never happens but yeah. it does make it better dude. it does make it better though when the team is ranked number 1 and number 5 you can throw rankings out the window but we all know that it sounds a yeah. lot better oh oh it does yeah <laughs> dude things crazy things happen like you know
0: Quan Cosby murdering a man that's fun insane it's, it's always fun <laughs> we don't if have y'all any. haven't seen, if y'all haven't seen that clip go look it up just Definitely. just type in Quan Cosby murders a man <laughs> yeah, and, type and it, it should just like pop that. up type it just like it, that it should pop up because he <laughs> Obliterated that Oklahoma defensive back, oh, but um, oh. Creighton. Let's just can we just stay in 2008 because this is fun. I'm enjoying talking about Texas football again. I mean, think about it.
1: I mean, like every game. <laughs> There's you, no COVID here, man. Yeah, if you scored less than 45 points a game, I mean, you were considered awful. I mean these these guys were just unreal. And I mean, like, when's the last time, like, like. <laughs> I mean, our rushing had. I mean, had 161 61 yards. 61 yards. I mean, like, yeah. when's the last time our rushing combined has had that? I mean, come on now. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's yeah. it's ridiculous that we just don't. And this was back in the day, when we were pulling in. Um... Oh, and give props, give props, because no one does. Hunter Lawrence, the kicker, who goes, who basically kind of goes under the radar because Justin Tucker took over his spot after he left the next few years, but. I mean, give give props to Hunter Lawrence. He was a great college kicker. I mean, not missing. Yes, he was. And especially because of this year, we saw what missing kicks could possibly do. Luckily, it didn't happen that way, but it almost put us in jeopardy. So this kid went four for four overall. I mean, in extra points and three for three in field goals. So um, props to him. But yeah, they don't. We don't get recruits like this anymore. That play, that like, that come out of high school as as awesome as they are and play up to that level. You know, you just don't see it anymore. With yeah. Us. Well,
0: Hunter Lawrence had that kick in 09 to uh, yes. take him to the to the national championship. Which and, a lot um, of people think yeah, it dude, was Justin I, Tucker. Yeah, I I thought it was Justin Tucker for a second too because I just it, it was boom. We you know people want to call us DBU. We might just be kickers. Yes, dude. yes, we because are. Hunter Lawrence and then and then uh, Justin Tucker and then. You know, Cameron Dicker now, like, I swear to God we have had better kickers than we've had actual players these last 10 years.
1: We really have. I mean, think about it. I mean, we put out statistically the best kicker in NFL history, and Michael Dixon's on par to be the best punter in NFL history.
0: Special teams, you. My God, how far (laughs) have we fallen? How far have we fallen?
1: We'll take whatever we can get, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we will. (laughs) Hopefully everything changes. Let's come back to the present 2020. COVID's back. Damn it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about another pressing issue. We mentioned it a bit in the bye week, Creighton. Why are we getting hurt? I swear to God. we Every week, somebody's limping. Somebody goes down for a sec. Somebody's often on the sideline in the tent. Why are we getting hurt when other teams take just as big of hits and get right back up? Oh, you... For the last three years, they their quarterbacks have gotten drilled and they just pop right back up. Sam gets drilled and he's like hurt, but he won't show it. Or or yeah. our, one of our defensive backs tackles a guy and his shoulder's hurt. Like you tackled a man and you're hurt. Come yeah. on, dude. And I have two. I have two options. Want to hear? What here's my. Here's the first option, and then I'll give you my second option. My okay. first option here is our strength and conditioning coach is ass. <laughs> That's the first option. Yancy McKnight. Shocker alert, another one of Tom's buddies from Houston.
1: Oh, jeez. You
0: uh, he, 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 he look up his stats on the uh, Texas website. and the One of the top three things, one of the top things is in the second offseason, they went from having 26 guys that could power clean 300 pounds to 54 guys. Ooh, we're getting strong. Yeah, how about we strengthen our muscles, buddy, and like our ligaments? So they don't get hurt how are you hurting your shoulder if you're power cleaning that weight? if you're benching that weight, like i
1: don't get it creighton talk some sense to this i don't, I, I don't get it you don't see it literally you, you you look over across like games on saturdays and you don't like with the with the talent that this team has um, roster wise you have to compare them to teams like not in terms of their results but talent like a Clemson or an Alabama, an OU guys like that because they are getting the same type of players, and none of those guys are getting hurt. You look over and you watch Dabo's team. You look over and you see Nick Saban's team. None of those guys seem to ever go down. And the only reason Trevor Lawrence doesn't play is because he has COVID. I mean, it's not like he's getting hurt. And I mean, the it's it it is the most mind-boggling situation over the past three years that every time you step out on that field. As a Longhorn, we always expect somebody to be th- done for a few weeks after they leave the game. And I get it. Football is a really tough sport. You get hurt a lot. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. But come on. I mean, no, we're getting hurt excessively. I mean, it got to the point a few years ago where, like, the offensive line uh, was just completely decimated with injuries. And they just had to keep filing people in. Um, and it was, it was a point where it was like an un... A godly amount of injuries where it's like okay come on how much more can we have and the problem the other problem is, is that these injuries aren't just happening to anybody they're happening to our, our star team our star players i mean you look at guys like uh josh moore had an injury obviously we we're talking about Bucheski earlier the kicker has an injury joe the kicker has an injury and so uh the, the point well, that, okay, to, to
0: be fair, Creighton, ACLs are a little tricky. You can't strengthen an ACL. No,
1: you're right. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But you see any other, buddies, any other kicker having an injury? I'll just say it. I'll just say it. That, <laughs> that brings me to my second point, Creighton. Did you have
0: something? I don't want to cut you off. Did you have something no, else to saying, say? I mean just
1: saying, I mean, Ke- Keonje Coburn... Um, Josh Moore, excuse me, Josh Moore, Jordan Whittington. And you know, Tom comes out every week and was like, it's a freak a freak injury. How many freak injuries can we have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously? That's what I How many thinking. freak injuries? He always goes and credit to him. I mean, the, I mean, I know he's not meaning to do anything or he's putting he's trying to put these guys in harm's way, but how many freak injuries? Okay, so I'm going to take Tom's line. Tom says this. He goes he, he talks about having doing things three times, you know, talking about how one time um you know it's it's you know it's an accident two times you know it's fall and then three times it's basically repetition it's it's ingrained in your mind you know so i mean if you keep calling the first time you call it a freak injury it's a freak injury the second time uh we don't know about that if it's a freak injury the third time with your players come on now there's something else going on there okay there's got to be some i mean like they're just they're you're right they're they're Whatever they're doing, strength and conditioning-wise, is not working out. I mean, these guys are just are always dropping like flies, and it really, it really hurts how this, this team can't really grow because they're always having to find a way to sub people in, and how to have the and we're not ready, we're not ready yet. We're not the program yet where we can do next man up. We can talk about it, but we're not there yet.
0: No, no, and that's why I think Anthony Knight needs to go. Um, I don't think he goes if Tom goes, so here's hoping. But uh, here, remember, Craig, I mentioned two options. Why are we getting hurt? Yes. The first one, of course, our strength and conditioning coach sucks. The second one, Mac Brown cursed us. Oh. He took a live chicken to the middle of DKR, 50-yard line right on the logo, cut off its head, and cursed us. Because I have never seen... Like you said, a freak injury one time, sure. A freak injury ten times, no. Something's <laughs> going on there. So, if Mac Brown did curse us, which I, I'm i about 75-80% <laughs> sure he might have, um, we are screwed. Yeah, We pissed off one of the best coaches in college football history. And now you see him in North Carolina. They blew the hell out of Duke this past weekend. And... Here we are, barely beating West Virginia, having to reminisce about the past because, God, that ain't coming back anytime <laughs> yes. soon. That's why we're so, doing it.
1: You're right. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, I I, I I, don't know. But I, like I said, I think Dan McKnight needs to go. Um, so final segment for this episode, folks, and thank you for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Um, let's talk Big 12, Creighton. Right now, Texas wins out. And they're in. Let's talk about all the theories, buddy. We've been doing this. We've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. If, th- if so-and-so wins and wins and loses, <laughs> but then the other team wins and they lose and then they win. It, we, we look like um, Charlie from uh, It's Always Sunny with the yes. theory board. And, yeah, yes. we look exactly like him. Um, uh, there is no Pepe, what is it, Pepe uh, um, Sylvia. Yes, Pepe yes, Sylvia, yes. yeah. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. So, so Texas wins out, and they're in. Creighton, if OSU wins out, they're in. That means beating OU and Bedlam here in two weeks, in Norman on a Saturday night. I don't like those odds, um, especially the way they've looked these past two weeks. Um, if OU wins out, they're in. Wow. But if, but if we lose to Iowa State, okay. they're in. And if we lose to Kansas State and Kansas State wins out, they're in. And it would be Iowa State, Kansas State. I got it. it. Do you see how many theories there are, dude? This is insane. Iowa State loses one more time, but they win the rest. So say they lose to us, but win the others. They're in with two losses, one to OSU, one to us. We would be the one team, I think. But see that's the thing. Would we be the one seed because we have two losses. Iowa State has two losses. We lost to OU and TCU. Iowa State lost to us and Oklahoma
1: State. Well, you would you would take the tiebreaker of the two teams first. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. You would. So, it's so would OU get in or Iowa State at that point if we won out? God, I, I Mean I think... Cuz Iowa State beat OU. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because they beat them, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I got to tell you, though, I'm, I'm getting, this is the third year we've had to do this, I'm getting real tired sick of having to punch numbers, I wish we could just win all our games and know, hey, we're in, like, we're in, even if it comes down, like, the last game, we win all our games, unless the, uh, except the last one, we already know at that point, we're in this thing, you know? Yeah. And no, so, seriously, I don't get it. But I have to say, give credit to the Big Twelve for keeping us in this thing again. I mean, we always try to keep, we always try to leave the party a little <laughs> early, and the Big Twelve is say, "Don't go, don't go, not yet, not yet. The DG's about to play your <laughs> favorite <go>. song, <laughs> so I don't mean, don't go. You have all our money.
0: Yes. don't go. Yeah, don't go. <laughs> it's
1: like I mean, so I gotta give credit to the uh, to the teams of the Big Twelve for really beating each other up. Well. What? Oh no, go. What were we saying? What are we saying? No, yeah, I was, just, go, go I was just saying that I I am happy they do so because they, get, at you having two losses back to back. I mean, most of the time you should be out, but here we are. Iowa State won that game against Oklahoma early. That kept us in. Kansas State somehow got hot. Who knows if they're going to stay hot? But they got hot enough to where that helps us out. And I mean, I know no one feels good about the Oklahoma OSU game. But I personally think OSU's just got the talent right now that OU that OU doesn't, and I don't. I have not seen anything out of Spencer Rattler yet that makes me believe that he can handle a big game like that um, when it with all the implications that surround it. Because honestly, this Texas team is talented, but this OSU team is also very talented, and I would like to believe that they are, if not more mature than this Texas team when they played when we played OU. So I think this OSU team, especially you know much later into the year than they played us, is going to be a tough out. So I I, I think that uh, that game itself is going to be tough for Oklahoma. I know a lot of people are picking them to win, but I just I, I know it's a chance, but I don't see it. Well, see, the thing that OSU has is they need everyone
0: healthy. They need uh, Spencer Sanders healthy. They need Chuba Hubbard healthy. They need Tylan Wallace healthy. You saw on Saturday Tylan Wallace did not play. Yeah. Um, that hampered them tremendously in Manhattan. They had to squeak out a win against Kansas State. Um, Kansas State, man, they went out there in. they have two losses and they have the tiebreaker over OU. So I mean, um, and that would eliminate us, of course. But yeah. uh, um, so so the Big Twelve eats itself every year, and this is why. When we go to the big, t- when we go to the playoff, when OU goes to the playoff, they get absolutely destroyed because they don't play good teams and they lose to bad teams. And then you play a team like LSU, you play a team like Alabama, you play a team like Georgia. Uh, Georgia's Georgia. Georgia almost choked that game away. They Georgia sure should have beaten the. Georgia should have beaten the brakes off of them. And uh, if if they had, that would have made four times that OU has gone to the playoff and just absolutely been shellacked, yeah. absolutely destroyed by an SEC team. Uh, or was it Clemson the first year? No no, I can't no. remember no what they never played Clemson you're right. They never did right yeah. so it was it was it, I guess it was, oh, I wonder who they played the first year then because then it was Georgia they played then they, they played, Bama, then lSU yeah well, it might have been Ohio State. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause then whenever they went to they whenever they went to uh, Columbus the next year or whatever yeah they won in twenty
1: seventeen the, the flag they plant game. the flag plant the
0: flag in Baker so but yeah the Big Twelve is just wide open right now um, the most likely scenario in my opinion and I mean as a homer I want to say Texas wins out I think we drop one.
1: I we, think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Iowa State. I mean, you did you did pick us to lose against West Virginia, and you're wrong. So that gives me more. I hope. I, I did. That I, yeah, there better. we go. Give that it, makes me feel giving, better. Giving you the were Texas wrong. fans more so. hope. <laughs> giving
0: them more hope here. Um, but if we were to lose a game, I would say it'd be the Iowa State game. Iowa State's a lot better than West Virginia. Yeah. We would have to bring our 100% a game. And luckily, it is at D K R and not in Ames this yeah. year, which I mean, we went there last year and freaking lost on the last second field goal. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, that's probably the most like loss. Uh, if we get through Iowa State, I think we take care of Kansas State, unless Skylar Thompson's back for oh, Kansas State. He's because be it's problem, in, yeah. it's in Manhattan. We have problems when we go to Manhattan. Everybody has problems when they go to Manhattan. So, um, other than that, I would say Texas wins out. They're in. I'd say Iowa State. Iowa State with their loss to us. And OSU, they get the tiebreaker over OU, and all this is solved if OSU beats OU. Literally, I yeah. think most of these timelines are resolved if if Oklahoma State wins Bedlam this year. Because that'll so, that
1: I mean that'll automatically take OU out of it completely. That's and that would be mm-hmm. it. Then you then you're back. You're down to a four team race instead of five, um, which is a which is honestly a big difference when you're looking at these. I mean, these games are. I mean, literally, I mean, between one and number five, we're five and ISU's one. Um, it's a half a game difference, basically. So uh, that that's a big deal when OU gets taken out. And then I think that it just worked out in Texas's favor that we get to play. We already beat Oklahoma State, obviously, but we get to play uh, the two teams that uh, we can control our destiny on the last. You know what I'm saying? I mean, luckily, we didn't have to play yeah. I think this would have been completely different had uh, Iowa State we played Iowa State early in the year and then Kansas State last I mean luckily we're going to know exactly what we need um, after Iowa State and then we're going to know exactly what we need going into the uh, uh, the Kansas State game whatever time they decide to put that uh, either in the daytime or night I mean they've been really uh, mean to me and put these games at 11 a.m. which means I have to wake up at 9 a.m. to watch game day uh, Texas game day but I, I love them so I still do it but you no know, um I think that uh, it's going to be close, man. It's going to be real close. But I, I don't know. I don't know. The Iowa State game is going to be this, interesting.
0: This is literally all resolved if OSU beats yeah. OU. This and, is all resolved. Then all we have to do is win out. And all all Iowa State has to do is win out other than our yeah. game. And we play them in the Big 12 Championships. And it's all, it's all fine and freaking dandy right there, man. Now, if we look, here's what's probably gonna happen: OSU will beat OU. We'll beat <laughs> Iowa State. We're gonna drop Kansas State is. because yeah, that's why give that's us why give us it. any kind of freaking hope in 2020, Creighton? Why would the Longhorns? do that because they like getting our hopes up and
1: crushing us i mean the good news is is that the last time we were in the situation to make the big 12 championship game we ended up handling our business and beating iowa state at the end of the year to get i mean kansas to get us the. well i guess we're technically it was iowa state it was Iowa. yeah you're right and to get it and then kansas kansas which we were basically in already but like because who was going to lose to kansas but i mean we almost did i get it but we (laughs) we handled our business regardless we won the game uh, when it mattered and so uh, I I would like to believe that we'll be able to do that against Kansas State. I I, I just think it, I think it's unbelievably absurd and asinine that they're giving Oklahoma what a thirty nine percent chance to make the thirty nine percent chance to make the Big Twelve. I mean, and I, I really I just don't see that with. I mean, who who do they? I mean, other than Oklahoma they they state. need to win out and they need help. I mean, they play Oklahoma State next. I don't think West Virginia is going to be an easy out for them either. I'm sorry, I don't see it. A uh, Baylor's probably going to be just fine, right? What? But, hey, it's West Virginia in Morgantown. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see how these next two games are going to be any easier for Oklahoma than any of the games they've played so far this year some
0: some some are mentioning that they woke up because they beat the pants off of Tech and Kansas but again it was Tech and Kansas congratulations you Um, beat the
1: ninth ranked team and the tenth ranked team Texas Tech at one and five Kansas at oh and six okay you beat Texas Tech a team that kicks a field goal on a second and four okay and and virtually loses their game before they even have an opportunity to take it away take it back so congratulations OU. and i don't (laughs) care i I, spencer rattler is good he's a good quarterback but i have not seen anything this year for him for me to feel like okay when the going gets tough he can win those games texas i get it he won at the end but come on at that point in time we're not playing that great okay we're hanging on by a thread and it's yeah. a lot easier to score in overtime than it is to take your team down the field with a minute left, right? Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't understand how Oklahoma State, especially, especially if Chuba Hubbard and Tywin Wallace is back, I mean, my Lord, this Oklahoma defense – They're still not good. They're still not good, okay? And, I mean, when we play good, we're much more talented than Oklahoma's uh, defense. Oklahoma State's defense is legit, too, this year. They're a top ten. I mean, they are. So, they. So coming into this year, they kept talking about that. And I was like, really? Oklahoma State's defense? And then you watch them against these teams. I mean, they would have lost that Tulsa game had uh, the defense not been there. I mean, they hauled that Tulsa team to, what, seven points? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's Tulsa. I get it. But – this defense has consistently performed day in and day out. And I just don't think, I don't think that Spencer Rattler, he might prove me wrong. I just don't see how he is going to be able to handle um, that team. I mean, he was having a hard time against us and we weren't even at our, our great peak yet. We're, we might not have peaked yet. I mean, I don't think we peaked, honestly, but in terms of defense, but we've gotten much better. Right. We were pretty bad at that point. And so, oh, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, I mean, you could take Iowa State or Kansas State. It's not like they have the best defense either. So, I just don't – I think it's ridiculous that Oklahoma has a 39% chance.
0: Yeah, and, and real quick to, to finish off this episode, Creighton, uh, let's let's do our Big 12 championship predictions right now as it stands. All right. As it stands right now, I got
1: Texas-Iowa State rematch. Oh, you do? Good. You got us in there? I I think it's going to end up being – okay, so I, I think Oklahoma State is going to beat OU. I think we're going to win out. I think we're gonna win out, and I think it's gonna be a rematch of Oklahoma State at the one seed and us as the two seed. Just squeak. wait, no, we, we'd be the one seed. We'd Wouldn't be the one we? seed because we you're have right. the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So we'd be the one seed. See, there's just so many numbers. We'd be the one seed. Oklahoma State would be the two seed, and I honestly think that's what's gonna be. I just think that. Well, wait, wait a minute. If well, they
0: win out, if Oklahoma State wins out, they have one loss, so they'd be the one seed. You're right. Be okay. they'd, yeah. they'd be. Yeah,
1: there's too many there's too many losses to go. Yeah, so Oklahoma State would be the one seed with one loss. We'd be the two seed with two losses. I think we get in with them. Um, Iowa State is is going to be a tough like a tough out. Um, I think they'll end up being right outside. I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas State falls off. Um, and then OU is I I mean three losses, but I think Iowa State is going to be at the I mean not that this matters, but they'll be the third ranked team looking in. I mean, looking out, and then OU will be in the fourth. And so um, we were talking about it uh, early in this year. All the analysts were how this was Texas' best chance uh, to win this year because OU wasn't that good, and it still is. I mean, it's not like we're not out of it. And the cards have fallen our way so far that with two losses, I mean, we are one of the only teams that can control our destiny. And I think that that is a uh, big deal. I mean, that whole I mean the whole season righted on us beating Oklahoma State, and we did. And so uh, now we get to really play for, uh, for the Big 12 championship, control our destiny, uh, because if you don't beat Oklahoma State, it doesn't matter if you even play against Iowa State or Kansas at all. I mean, whether you win or lose, you're not right. getting in. And now you beat Oklahoma State, you get to control, um, you know, if you beat Iowa State, you know that you have a chance to win at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, have a chance to get in at the end of the year. So that's really nice that the schedule worked out for them the way it did. And you don't have to sit there on the last Saturday and think, Oh gosh, like, are we gonna get in with this? Uh, with this win or loss? I mean, when you start the game, you're gonna know. Uh, so I think it's, I can't believe that we're back in this situation again, Joe. Where we have a right. chance, to, we have a chance to win. But if we play Oklahoma State again, um, I think we're we're good enough to do it and beat them again. I think I think this team is good. That just matches up really well.
0: All right, so you got Texas, Oklahoma State, and the Big 12. I got Texas and Iowa State. Good news is we both don't have OU and their 39% yes. bullshit coming in from the, the Big same, 12 championship. Coming from the
1: same guys who picked the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Just wanted to let everybody know that. Oh, that is true. So, yeah, so that, take oof. our word for it. We know. We know who's going to get in. We know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we, we, we know. So uh, thanks again for listening in, folks. Um, we are on Anchor. We're on Spotify. We have a Twitter now
1: we do we're getting
0: follow on it. social media uh follow us on uh bevo underscore boys underscore pod and uh we'll be posting all the episodes there like i said anchor spotify and uh, we'll be back next week to talk about uh, you know if anything has changed over the bye week we'll dive in a little more to the uh, uh blasts of the past um so uh, until then though uh, creighton send us off man
1: and everybody stay safe out there and as always Welcome.